0: Miscommunication between couples and families features prominently in the first short story collection by Devonport writer and artist Vivian Lingard. Pocket Money and Other Stories is the book's title, written over some 15 years. After gaining her master's in creative writing at the University of Auckland, she took a short story masterclass in San Francisco with author and editor Tom Jenks. Two years ago, Vivian published a fictional memoir called The Almost True Story of a Man Called Jack, and she's currently working on a novel called Mrs F- Forsyth. Forsythe. Gray reads from her short story, Pocket Money.
1: Pauline and I used to talk about the girl in the photo that sat on our upright piano. She looked about eight and had a ribbon in her hair. It was bigger than the brownie photos, which were in a big wooden box, and me and Pauline looked at them when we got bored, and Mum got cross if we forgot to wash our hands first. Dad told us the girl in the picture was Maxine. My sister and I thought she must be dead, because the framed photo of Granddad was the only other one in our house, and we knew he was killed in the First World War, though we didn't think the girl would have died like a soldier from bullets flying through the air. I nearly died at dinner, when Dad told us we were going to the South Island, in a voice like our headmasters, as if we were going on a class nature trip or something. I looked across the table, my fork near my mouth. The peas fell off. One landed on the floor. The South Island, I asked, thinking of Mount Cook, Tasman and the lakes we'd been studying in school. Dad smiled at me, but his lips were in a straight line, not hooked up at the corners like they usually were when he smiled. Yes, Claire, he said. You'll be meeting Maxine. I wanted to feel excited because Maxine wasn't dead after all. I looked at Dad, but he looked sad. And Mum? Mum wasn't looking at any of us. She pushed her chair out with a loud scraping sound, hooked her apron on the cupboard knob and left the room.
0: Vivian, I noticed that you have an adult novel coming out. You've already published a a fictional memoir. So where have the short stories come in? Are these stories that you've concentrated on? writing or are these stories that you've written over a period of time
2: Uh, I've written them over a period of 15 years Uh, I did a master's back oh way back and that was the long novel and then I thought I'd like to tackle the short story just because I like challenges and I had a very interesting father and I wished to write about one particular episode, which was almost folklore within, you know, even when he was alive, Um, and I wrote that story first, and that's the one, Can You Ever Be Serious, Jack? And I thought, oh, I'd love to write some more. And I saw that Massey University were advertising, well, it was an advanced fiction course over the year. At the course, I wrote the first draft of The Honeymoon, I just kept writing them, and I had no end in sight for them, except I just kept writing them until I turned around after I'd put out my uh, story about my father two years ago and realised I had well over 20 stories. And I decided then that I would put these stories out too.
0: Well, given you had written them over such a long period of time, something like 15 years, did you find that there were themes that either consciously or unconsciously You had kept coming back to, because I must admit, when I was reading the stories, I thought so many of them are about miscommunication or a lack of communication and the flow on effects of that.
2: You're absolutely right there, Lynn. Um, It was never a conscious thing to write thematically because As I say, they weren't necessarily all written, you know, one week after another, finished or anything. But they really came from my own life um, experiences. And at the end, when I was collating them and trying to get the contents page sorted, I redrafted them before I finally had them ready for publication. I realized how many actually dealt with, um, as you say, that miscommunication, but also loss of some sort um, whether it was a loss of work a loss of self you know losing respect or um, the loss of a parent or a loss of a child or uh, quite a lot about death and how people dealt with death and I thought to myself oh gosh this could be either really, really super or people are going to come up and say, Jesus, this is a bit dark. But never were they written as dark stories, never. That was never my intention. It was just to to try and get inside the character and uh, feel what they felt. That's what I was trying to achieve when I wrote each story.
0: And the intricacies of relationships, I think you cover so well. And, I, I mean, you've got two, I thought, contrasting ones. You've got Izzy, which takes you to a different place at the end where I think you're imagining that you would. But certainly it's it's, there's a degree of tension in this relationship. And Izzy is, you know, not happy with her partner at the time feeling unsupported. And then you have um, Dougal and Sarah in in Rome, a long-running relationship. And they, they both have something they want to say. For both of them, it would be out of the blue. That was a much sadder one.
2: It was. It was just a total misunderstanding of where the other was at, and each probably felt feeling rejected in some way by the other, but not really knowing that they were being rejected by them, or on one case, that's so. Yes, the wife, as you say, she's she is definitely on a, a different trajectory, but she doesn't really know how to go about Explaining this to her husband, so she, for the first time, goes aboard on one of her sojourns, and um, that's when it all happens. When you talked about theme before, and this wasn't intentional when I was writing the stories, but because of my background in art and uh, design and um, and um, illustration. I found that that knowledge was uh, busting to come through in a lot of stories. So I don't think I need to put any apologies forward there, but I did notice as well as the loss of uh, something happened within one's life. There's also the joy or the knowledge of art and to make a drawing, that comes through as well. And I've used that in many stories
0: I know. A small tattoo, actually, I think fits into entirely that category. In fact, much of it is set in a in a studio <laughs> where people, you know, have their easels in their drawing. Um, so I completely oh, yeah. see what you're saying about these two aspects of your life coming together. <laughs>
2: well, uh, I've had some very real, uh, real life drawing situations where I was tutoring and or was just a, a participant, and I have taken bits from from those classes and put them all together, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: Uh, you know, James has is yearning for Giselle, but again, there's a a lack of communication. You know, and he gives up he gives up hope. Well, he
2: doesn't really know how to have that sort of communication with a young girl because he's not really had. great support at the time of his father's death and his mother is in suffering so much herself she can't give him what he wants and he wants from his mother you know he just hasn't got the love to give in the right place in the right way and he hasn't loved being reciprocated either so he really is just a boy that's caught and also trying eager to please his mates as kids are at that age you know and um so there are quite a lot of factors going on in that story. You know, It seems simplistic, but it's a little bit more complex than that.
0: Well, the mother in Pocket Money, the, the title story, also has a role to play, although we spend less time with her than with the other characters. Um, her sadness kind of pervades. But I did want to talk about the story. We ran a little clip of it at the start of this interview because I found this a particularly... Powerful story, and I know some of your stories you have ties in with your life, but what about this one? Where did it start? The idea for it?
2: Well, it's a very personal story. Um, no, a very personal story. I have fictionalized something that actually took place with my sister and I. I was nine and she was seven, and we were sent away to live with a half sister um, whom we'd never met. And although the adults, may have thought and at the time that we're talking about which is a long time ago now adults didn't take children into their trust very often and talk about uh, personal or emotional issues at all so um, we knew we had to go away because the house was being renovated and I won't say any more about my personal story in that because that renovation isn't brought into it. So it's two little girls who have got no idea why they've been sent away from home. And uh, the older one does, she does worry and fret. And the other one's more outgoing and she doesn't um, quite have as many difficulties. But it really, uh, to be personal for a minute, it was a very traumatic uh, stage in our lives. It was uh, quite awful.
0: I mean, the, so, the, the joy of this really is the relationship between the two sisters. Given everything they go through, they they have each other through all these, you know, the confusing changes and uh, at home and and then in their temporary home, they have each other, and that's what I thought that at the centre of this is that love. It is.
2: It is definitely a love, and um, uh, I mean, we had to share so much. We had to sleep in the same bed and um, the little house and there were joyous moments that Friday and going to the procker shop that was very real. Oh, and when I've read it, you know, because I wrote that a wee while ago, but when I've reread it for putting into the collection, I feel moved about the two girls that I've put in the story and them feeling maybe abandoned. Well, they certainly did not understand. So they did
0: not understand
2: why they had to come away
0: Vivian Lingard, whose book Pocket Money and Other Stories is published by Artistry.